morning, church family. Uh, welcome to our worship service on this beautiful Sunday that the Lord has given us. Uh, allow me to proclaim today's call to worship passage from Ezekiel 38, verse 23. So I will show my greatness and my holiness and make myself known in the eyes of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Uh, through this pandemic, the Lord has wounded the ego of man, uh, squandering all his personal hopes and plans. And as we've been humbled, God's sovereignty shines. We lift our eyes to the ruler of all nations, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who is great and holy, and yet sent his son to die for us, who walks with us, who is near to us. Who are we, Lord, that you are mindful of us? We praise you this morning. My hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still and striving cease. My comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ I stand In Christ alone Who took on flesh Fullness of God in hell This babe This gift of love And righteousness Scorned by the ones He came to save Till on that cross Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on Him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live
Jesus commands my destiny No power of hell, no schemes of man Can never plug me from his hand Till he returns or calls me home Here in the power of Christ I stand No power of hell, no schemes of man me home, here in the power of Christ I stand, oh here in the power of Christ I stand, holy there is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to love. Sing that again, church. Holy, there is none. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put Church, I will build my life. Oh, I will build 
my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. Oh, Father, we give unto you our hearts this morning. Teach us, O oh Lord, to walk with you in all of your ways. And with each step, may our faith grow strong and our hearts renewed. This is our prayer this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. To your hands, oh, I commit again. All I am for you, Lord. You hold my world in the palm of your hands, and I am yours forever. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I belong to you. You're the reason that I live, the reason that I sing with all I am. I walk with you wherever you will go. Through tears and joy, I'll trust in you, and I will live in all of your ways, your promises forever. Jesus, I I belong to you. You're the reason that I live, the reason that I sing. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I belong to you. You're the reason that I With all I am, I will worship. I will worship you. I will worship. I will. Yeah. 
Almighty God, we thank you for gathering us to worship you this morning. Your grace grants us mercies again, so we thank you for making things new and whole. These are such uncertain times, and we turn to you for encouragement, comfort, and hope. As your body, we come with repentant hearts. We repent for feeling a loss of control and even grieving our previous busy, hectic, and overworked lives and often desiring to go back to what was breaking us down. Forgive us for wanting what was so bad for us. Would you, in your infinite goodness, help us to see that you have appointed us to undergo these challenges for such a time as this? Only you can help us to rise above our disrupted sense of normal. And through these times, we pray for refinement of character, renewal of hearts and minds, and to not steer away from the path of holiness you desire for us. You are doing a new thing. Let us join you in your work. Gracious God, we pray for those who are physically suffering as a result of COVID-19. We pray for your healing power over all those who have lost loved ones. We also pray for those in the hospitals and homes battling the virus. Would you be their healer and would you protect the frontline healthcare workers who day after day put their lives at risk? Lord, we also recognize those who are spiritually sick and are in need of you. Reveal yourself to those who are struggling to make sense of this life, that they will be found by you, Jesus, the light of the world. Faithful God, we are so grateful for all that you are doing within our church, the new and creative things you are doing through your faithful servants here in our city and abroad. We thank you for our pastors and elders who love and care for our members with the heart of Jesus. We thank you for the deacons and ministry team leaders who act as your hands and feet, serving the needs of our church. We are also grateful for the local missions team that has responded to the needs of our community residents who are in need of physical and spiritual food. For our local missionary partners, we ask that you would empower them with the passion for the gospel and compassion for the lost. We also remember our missionaries abroad who are committed to making you known in various ends of the earth. Protect and shield them from the work of the devil as many come to accept the gospel and declare freedom in Jesus' name. 
At this time, would you anoint Pastor Jason with your Holy Spirit? Let his words be your words that will give life to our hearts and souls. Help us to listen to your words with the eyes of our hearts and renewing minds that we would be rejuvenated by your spirit. We pray all these things in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. today is 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 11 to 25. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil, and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. 
By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, New Hope. Uh, I hope all of you are doing well in the Lord. Uh, seems like we skip spring and all of a sudden uh, we're enjoying uh, summer weather. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank uh, Deacon Sally for your prayer uh, covering our congregation members and the leadership and as we go through uh, this season. And also, I want to thank our choir, uh, blessing our soul and proclaiming uh, through the song the message of the gospel that our Christ lives. And especially in this season, uh, we truly uh, believe that our God is holding our future. Uh, even though uh, we do not know uh, when this COVID-19, everything will settle, um, and we do not know uh, when uh, we can gather together as a church face-to-face, uh, -face, but we are enduring and trusting in the Lord that in God's timing, that He is doing something new, and He is shaping our faith and our character in the Lord. Uh, we miss you very much. Uh, we're longing for the day that uh, we can have you uh, at church. Uh, each Sunday, um, it is not easy, uh, actually, uh, standing in front of a camera and uh, preaching, but somehow we trust that God is uh, using uh, this uh, so that we can worship in spirit and truth. And I hope and pray that all of you are uh, trusting in the Lord and spending each day and delighting in His presence. So today we are covering uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 from verse 11 to 25 with a title called Shaping the Self. It's not about us shaping ourselves, but actually God shaping uh, who we are, our ego, and our self-identity, and who we are in light of our relationship with God. Dear congregation members, we have to recognize that one of the great stumbling blocks to spiritual growth is ourselves. Life is difficult as it is, and especially when we face hardships, and sufferings, it gets even more tough and complicated. And we often use our setting or difficult circumstances, and sometimes we even blame uh, those because we're going through recession or because we are going through COVID-19, because uh, someone is giving us a hard time and so forth. But if you really uh, look into deep down of the root of these challenges, uh, we have to recognize that oftentimes it is ourselves it is the center of those turmoil and conflict in our soul, such as our pride, our hurts in the past, our own self-centeredness, stubbornness, and our own false assumption, false expectation of those situations or even human relationship and become stumbling block for our growth. 
And oftentimes, even in our relationship with God, it's not the fact that God has a problem or it's not that God is failing us, but it is our own sin and brokenness and our limitation oftentimes limit what God can do in our everyday relationship. Therefore, as we truly believe in the gospel and what Christ has done, it is very important that God, through his Holy Spirit and the word of the Lord, shaping us as a vessel and as an instrument which God can take control and use us freely so that we can glorify God and we can experience the joy of salvation and the power of the gospel in our everyday life. We believe what God has done for us, and yet a challenge is how we experience the truth of the gospel in our everyday lives without ourselves being stumbling blocks. The question is, how can we overcome ourselves? How can we grow beyond ourselves with the power of the gospel? So today, uh, through the message, I would like to share uh, three things. And number one, how we see ourselves. And number two, how we can enjoy freedom. And number three, how we apply in our everyday life. So first, it's about how we see ourselves. And the Bible says that we need to recognize ourselves through, most of all, Scripture. Who defines us and how we define ourselves? It is a root of everything. Number one, I mean, how do you define yourself? That we all somehow see and define who we are, even through our own lenses. Some of us may have healthy self-esteem, but some may not. And even if we have relatively healthy self-esteem, it is never consistent based on the mood or based on the circumstance or based on how well we do in life. Even for myself, sometimes I feel like I'm a relatively good pastor, but on the other hand, there are times that I feel like I'm a terrible pastor. Even as a husband, even as a father, even as a son, it fluctuates. It is never consistent. And also, you know, how others and the world define who we are. And we recognize that this world, you know, define it as who we are. It is oftentimes conditional. You know, what kind of school we graduated from or what kind of money, the figure that we're making, what kind of car we drive, how we appear in front of other people, how we perform in our workplace, our grades, GPA, how they define. Even others, you know, when we try to do something good, they appreciate but very quickly, uh, people uh, tend to criticize or judge and put things down about who you are. But what Peter is challenging us is that more than how we define ourselves or how others or the world define us, it is very important as fundamentally how God defines who we are. It is always 
consistent. The word of the Lord never fails. And that's why Peter is beginning once again in verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. So we need to define and we need to recognize and see who we are in the lens of Scripture, according to the Scripture. And Peter is saying, you are beloved, that you are loved by God unconditionally, that Christ has purchased with his own blood and life. He has redeemed you. God loves you so much, beloved. And yet, we have a very clear sense of calling in this life that we are sojourners and we are exiles. And that is our status. That is our identity in God. Even though we are beloved, we have mission. We have a purpose on this earth as we live our lives. And Peter is reminding all the saints and brothers and sisters that are scattered because they are being persecuted. They're going through suffering. And what he's saying is that in this world, life is difficult. And suffering is not something that we can escape. That is a reality of our Christian faith, especially those who try to or strive to live out their lives for the glory of God. And yet, when we are going through suffering and difficulties, it is very easy for us to be shaken, our self-identity our worth, our mission. We forget who we are. But Peter is challenging us that we need to do, we need to live out exactly opposite. Rather than forgetting who we are, our identity, losing ourselves, we need to be defined not by the world or circumstance, but by the scripture and by the promise of God. In verse 12, keep your conduct among Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. One of the characteristics of you know, living our lives as a sojourners and exiles is that we, our home is not here. And our audience is not people. But our audience is God. That God is the one who evaluates. God is the one who sees our lives. And we live our lives for the purpose of this author and perfecter of our lives. And the world may hate us. And they may even treat us as evildoers. Because we are speaking the message that is not consistent with the world. This world is saying you need to elevate yourselves. You need to promote yourself. You need to somehow define your ego. You need to promote your ego. And yet the word of the Lord, the gospel is saying that you need to deny yourselves. You need to let go. And yet our home is not here as exile sojourners. But we need to have two different attitudes. Let go of this worldly values, but we pursue who God is, the author and perfecter of our faith. So distinct identity will lead to distinct 
way of life. That's what Peter is saying. And we recognize that this world is broken, sinful. It is unfair. Especially when we try to live our lives for the gospel, you know, bad things happen, suffering will come. You know, when bad things happen to good people, when bad things happen to believers, we often question, God, are you there? Are you alive? Do you love me? Then we question God and even our worth. And Peter is saying, you know what? That's normal in this world. As a sojourners and exiles, you will be persecuted even though you are loved by God. So don't forget, you are beloved. And don't forget, your word is not defined by the world or how you see or how you feel on that day. And this world is full of unjust. In verse 19, for this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful as a church, as a believers, we try to do something good. We try to glorify God. We try to serve God out of genuine love. And then people cheer you on. That would be wonderful. Yeah, you're amazing. We appreciate you. We love you. You're amazing. And yet, what the Bible is saying is that the chances are people may not appreciate Rather than appreciating, they may complain. They may criticize. You know, that's when we get discouraged, unappreciated, right? Even at home, right? Moms, dads, you try to serve your children. And instead of like, Mom, Dad, you're amazing. Sometimes children complain. They want more. Even at church, it is the same thing. We try to put things together through online and try to do things together. But there are people, they may say, you know what, it's not up to my standard. I don't like it. It's not up to my preference. You know, when I began ministry, that was the toughest part because out of, you know, love for God, you know, I wanted to serve God. I wanted to serve people. And it, it is very discouraging thing, you know, when people come and they start complaining. You try so hard to do one thing and yet, you know, they, they don't show up or they complain. And that was very difficult. Why do they hate this? Why do they don't support? Am I being a good person? Am I being a good pastor? Am I being a good leader? It's one thing, you know, that I make a mistake. Whereas as a parents, we make a mistake. Isn't that true? We make mistakes, but we don't intentionally try to hurt or wrong doings for people. Like, no, none of the parents will wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to torture my children today. As a pastor, I will not come to church and say, you know, intentionally, I'm going to hurt someone. I'm going to do some wrong doings against church or people. No one. And yet, we make a mistake. And when people define who we are through our mistakes and how we perform, it is very discouraging. More so in the world, 
But today's passage is reminding us that we need to fix our eyes on God and who Christ is. When we think about Christ, he was sinless. See, we are sinful, and people criticize, people complain, but Jesus was sinless. He was perfect, and yet people still complain. We make mistakes, but Jesus never, ever made mistakes, and yet people still crucify him. We have hatred, we have anger, we have pride, we have jealousy. We have garbage of sin in our hearts. That Jesus was pure. In verse 22 to 23 says, He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he died not reviled in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continue entrusting him to sin who judges justly. And that's why today's passage is comforting all of us, especially those who are discouraged and those who try to be defined by the world or by our own standard. Fix your eyes on Christ. That you and I, therefore, we are defined by Christ. That he loves us. But the question is then, how are we loving and pursuing Christ? You know, that has to be what defines our lives, our worth, our value, purpose, meaning behind. Am I loving Christ? Am I following Christ? Am I pursuing Christ's calling in my life? And that should define the way of our lives and the way we make decisions. And we pursue everyday purpose of our lives. So we need to recognize ourselves through Scripture. How can I reveal more of Christ? How can I love Christ? And number two, not only recognizing ourselves, but also we need to grow in ourselves. But how do we grow? We need to grow in freedom through Submission. It's almost like oxymoron. And the gospel is like, to live, we need to die. In order to thrive, we need to deny ourselves. In order to have true freedom, we need to submit. And that's what he's saying. First of all, God has given us freedom. The message of the gospel is about freedom, that he freed us from sin and death. That once we are slaves of sin and fleshly desires, we are slaves on the darkness, and yet Christ has freed us, he has redeemed us. But the question is now, with this freedom, what do we do? And how we use our freedom? When we watch news, Sometimes we hear the news of the fallen leadership and scandals, corruption. Because we as a human being, because we still struggle with our own sinful desires, when it, the freedom is given to us and we use the freedom based on ourselves and for ourselves, we get corrupted. 
we fall. No one is free from this. So if you want to truly find out who the person is, you need to find he or she when the freedom is given, how he or she uses the freedom. For example, when you and I, when we have a free time, what do we do? Absolute freedom, what do we do? What do we choose to do with the freedom? See, that reveals who we are, our faith, our relationship, our character. It is when we have healthy biblical self-awareness, we are able to submit and surrender freely. And that's why the Bible is talking about submitting and surrendering. And now, for example, if you ever mention about submission to those who have painful, unresolved experience, they react. You talk about submission to those who've been hurt by abuse, they will react. They don't like it. And that's why in this day, you know, when you talk about mutual submission by, with, between husband and wife, mutual submission by authority and people, people don't like to hear about it. People who are immature, people who are controlled by others with brokenness, with sin, abuse, they will not be able to even handle freedom. And yet the power of the gospel brings us into healing. And not only healing and restoration, we begin to trust who God is completely. And that's why in the Old Testament time, there is a law that if slave, if slave really loves the master, he or she can be permanently, the rest of their lives, they can remain as a slave or servants. And now you may think that, how is that possible? Who, who wants to remain as a slave or servants the rest of their lives? But you have to understand, if you ever encounter someone who dearly loves you, who will do anything for you, who will respect you, that you want to trust, you want to submit, you want to surrender. And we're not talking about this human relationship, but we're talking about God who loves you. Who even sacrifices only begotten son who will pour everything for your sake. Who knows you, your past, your present, your future. What is best for your life, for you to shine, for you to thrive in your life. Who has perfect will for your life. And once you know and once you encounter this God, you will submit, you will surrender your life. In verse 16, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as cover-up for evil, for, but living as servants of God. I don't know about you. You know, I love people, but I don't trust people. 
I love me. I love myself, but I don't trust myself. Why? Because we're so broken. So people are the ones that we need to love, and we need to serve, we need to minister to. But Bible is very clear. People are the ones, not the ones that we, have, we place our trust. I, I don't place my trust in myself. I need to trust God. And that's why the Bible says that we need to submit, we need to surrender out of this discipline. Because when the freedom, if I use for my own fleshly desire, my own human ambition, I can be corrupted. I can be deviated from the path that God wants me to live. As a leader, as a father, as a husband, as a son, as a child of God. So each day as I submit, as I surrender to the will of God, to the word of the Lord, that's when I can truly enjoy the freedom that God has given to me. That's what the freedom through submission is all about. Otherwise, even though I think I am free, I become slave to myself. I become slave to my own sin again. So dear congregation members, what do you do in your freedom? Especially many of you right now working at home, you don't need to go to work. But in that freedom, do you just like, you know, do whatever and there's no accountability? No, those who are truly mature with that freedom, they will submit and they will work because you honor God. When you're free and you have so much free time, those who are truly free in the gospel, they begin to discipline their time and they spend hourly with God. They submit and they hold accountable. Even right now, every Sunday, we're all scattered. I have no idea who's worshiping online or who's not. You're free. And yet, those who are truly free through the gospel, they are holding accountable and worshiping the Lord. Why? Because out of the freedom, they want to use and utilize the freedom to grow in their relationship with God. Accountability is so important for this reason. And lastly, it's about taking up the cross as a standard of living. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 to chapter 3, verse 12, it talks about how we apply our lives and how we apply ourselves in Different context. So chapter 2, verse 13 to 17, it talks about respected country, government, and its leaders. And chapter 2, verse 18 to 25, it talks about your workplace. And chapter 3, verse seven, 1 to 7, it talks about your home. And chapter 3, verse 8 to 12, talks about church and 
different aspect of your life. So today I will just briefly apply in two different contexts in chapter two of country, government, in our society, and number two, it's about our workplace. First, in relation to the nation and government and its leaders. Verse 17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So what Peter is saying is that you need to honor, you need to respect emperor, leaders. But what if we have different political Standard, or what if we truly disagree with government or our prime minister are doing? The Bible is, uh, is not saying that you need to follow or you need to agree every single thing or every single policy. We need to stand up for the truth and say that you know what, what is not in line with the word of the Lord, we need to speak forth. We need to proclaim. However, it is very important that we still respect and honor. We have to recognize the context, what Peter is saying. During that time, that emperor, Roman emperor, was almost like known as Antichrist who was persecuting people in faith. And Peter, who writing this letter, being persecuted by the government, by the emperor. As he was preaching the gospel and restoring and healing the sick, he got confronted by the government and leaders and tried to stop Peter, stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was prisoned. He was threatened to be killed, persecuted. Even through that, he was so clear that I am honoring, I am serving God. I am following the word of the Lord. I am living my life out of conviction of the gospel. It was very clear. And yet still, towards persecuting government, unfair government, Peter is saying we still need to respect. As exile, as sojourners, that has to be added to. Yes, it is frustrating. Even for me, uh, personally, uh, I share when the government was defining what is essential and what is unessential. It's like LCBO is essential, but church is not somehow according to the standard of the government. And a few days ago, the president of the United States you know, declared that church should be essential. And yet in Canada, still we are limited so that we cannot gather together inside of the church building. We're hoping, you know, maybe from minimum five to 10 people, still we're not allowed to have 10 people inside of the church building. It is frustrating. 
And that even though it is frustrating, what Peter is saying that we need to be respectful, just like Daniel and his friends who are exiled in Babylon. When the law was given to them against their prayer life, against their worshiping the Lord, you see, they follow their faith and their relationship with God. They never compromised their faith life. And yet, on the other hand, they were very respectful. And that's what we need to do as a Christians. We need to know who we are. We're not shaken by the world. We need to have that gospel passion on compromise. And yet somehow that we need to pray before the Lord why we honor and follow God. We still live with the respect so that we can shine. It's not about pleasing people. It's not about pleasing government. But we shine. We overcome evil with good. We shine with the gospel in the midst of corruption or unfair, the human judgment. And that's why Jesus was crucified. He took up the cross. Even the leaders of the government made a wrong decision because we know the message of the gospel. The kingdom of God is greater. The kings will rise and fall, but our eternal king reigns forever. It is the same, brothers and sisters, even in our workplaces. And that's why Peter is continuing on in verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. You know, maybe some of us, we do have a really good company or wonderful boss, wonderful people that we work with. But what about those who are corrupted, people unfair, you know, they really put you down or giving you a hard time for no reason. When your manager is off, you know, when they're terrible, when they don't even work all that hard and you're driving you like crazy, what do you do? And Peter is saying, you know what, you need to shine, you need to submit, you need to live out by taking up the cross. And even though you work so hard with faith and integrity, you may be accused or judged or criticized. When we are being attacked in our workplaces, when we are treated unfairly, there are two things that can happen, right? That we need to really evaluate. And there are times that it is true that we fall short, we made mistakes. And those are the times that we need to really grow through that experience. But on the other hand, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. We've been working so faithfully and yet somehow judged unfairly. And those are the times that we, again, fix our eyes on the cross. And 
In verse 24 to 25, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And what he's saying is that don't put your trust in other human evaluation. Once again, going back to Daniel, think about the ways that there are times that he was promoted as a prime minister, shining the glory of God, and yet one day he will be put into prison or lion's den. Think about Joseph, you know, who worked out of blessing and serving people. One day he will be promoted as a manager and prime minister. One day he will be put into prison. And that's how we feel like even in our workplace. Right? One day they're praising you and promote you, and one day they just you know, point out your flaws and your mistake. And we get confused. We get lost. But those are the times that Peter is saying that, you know what, fix your eyes on Christ and our daily life. It's not about people recognize or appreciate, but our, the standard of living is about taking up the cross. So, brothers and sisters, and that is a standard of our life. Are we living our lives by taking up the cross? Because ultimately, overseer, shepherd, meaning your coach, your mentor is Jesus Christ. And he's leading you and shaping you every day. So that it's not about gaining significance in the world, but it's about your personal relationship with Christ. Being imitator of Christ. Shining who Christ is as you follow your coach, ultimate coach, Jesus Christ of your life. So, brothers and sisters, God is invested in and committed to shape you. So when you are going through a difficult time in the workplace, yes, it is so easy for us to blame our boss or workplace or difficult times and unfairly decisions. And yet, even through that, God is committed to shape you. God wants to shape your faith. God wants to shape your character. And God wants you to take up the cross. And he's inviting you to do so. And that is when we become human. I'm not talking about becoming human flesh, but it's about becoming human the way that God intended you to be. And becoming human means being shaped by our Creator, the way that He wants to mold and shape us. So are you struggling? Try to define who you are. Try to find out and recognize who you are, that you are beloved. Don't let yourself or others define you, but let Christ define who you are. And I hope and pray that you will begin to grow as you really surrender and submit out of the freedom that you have. And each day the standard will be 
about the cross and how we take up our cross. Let me conclude today's message. Let us us desire more of God's grace, shaping our inner selves as we follow Christ daily. Let's pray together. As we spend some time in prayer, I know that it is confusing and difficult season for many of us. What our future holds. I want you to imagine the early church believers who were being persecuted. Their future is so uncertain, being persecuted, threatened. And yet they were reminded that you are beloved. Don't let the world define who you are. And as a believers and the followers of Christ, once again, let us be reminded who we are. And really be secure through the gospel. And with a freedom that Christ has given to us because we love God and we trust Him more than we trust ourselves. We submit and surrender each day. And as we uh, go through the season, let us pray for our government. Let's pray for our leaders. Even in workplaces when um, things are unfair, Let us go with the mindset that we are a channel of God's blessing to go and shine who Christ is, even though there are times that we may get treated unfairly. So let's spend some time really reflecting and applying the truth in our everyday life. And as the Holy Spirit leads us to pray, let us respond. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, that we need to hear your word every day. And we need to speak the truth into our lives. And oftentimes, we ourselves are the biggest, greatest stumbling block. But Lord, thank you for loving us unconditionally and help us to live out that freedom and the message in our daily life holding accountable to you but also accountable to one another and out of that daily living as we live out and apply the truth may our spirit enable us, strengthen us to take up the cross and that become the standard of our everyday living in Jesus name we pray Amen
following are some announcements we want to highlight this morning. Uh, welcome to all of you who are joining us uh, today. We encourage you to uh, sign up for the e-newsletter to stay connected to what's going on at our church by contacting Elaine at elaine.park at newhopefellowship.ca. Uh, thank you for your generous and faithful giving. Uh, you can continue to give your offering through our website. If you'd like to make a donation towards the COVID-19 Benevolence Fund to help our members, neighbors, and marginalized in the city, please indicate that on the drop-down menu. Uh, we've started a tri-campus COVID-19 food drive ministry uh, that provides groceries and the gospel to those in need. And we do need your help in the following areas. Uh, to identify those in need for donating food and to volunteer your time for grocery shop, uh, shopping, delivering, and building relationship with those in need. Uh, if you are able to volunteer or need assistance, uh, please register on our website. Uh, if you know of anyone that requires assistance or would like to donate food, uh, they can contact COVID at newhopefellowship.ca. We're starting a ministry designed to uh, make and distribute masks to others to spread the love and good news of Jesus. Uh, if you are interested, please contact George at the email provided. Uh, join the online Fellowship Hall Live Lounge via Zoom today at 11 a.m. with Pastor Charles, uh, who will be facilitating discussion from uh, today's sermon. Uh, the link to the meeting is available on our website and for our college and young adult students. We also have Student Lounge at 11 uh, at the same time. You can find the link on Facebook or through email. Uh, for those of you who are married and are seeking for renewal and refreshment in your marriage, we invite you to come to the Marriage of Your Dreams video conference with Dr. Paul Tripp. We anticipate couples to dream bigger, love better, and experience a deeper relationship with your spouse than ever before. It will take place over four Saturdays starting June 6th from 10 to 11.30 a.m. via Zoom and will include the teachings by Dr. Tripp, facilitated by Pastor Charles and small group discussions with other New Hope couples. The cost is $20 per couple, and you can register uh, online at uh, nhfto.ca slash marriage hyphen conference. Uh, please register as the deadline is by next Sunday, May 31. Uh, lastly, we would love to stay connected in this season and hear from one another of how God is at work in our lives through the hashtag WeTheChurchInitiative. Uh, please share a short one-minute testimony video that will be presented on Sundays, answering the question, how have you witnessed God's grace at work during this season? And for further instructions, please visit our website, nhfto.ca slash we the church. Uh, today, we will be hearing from Sim and Jenny and Hannah Chang. Uh, hi, New Hope. I uh, just wanted to share with you how God has been working in our lives as a family. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, my name is Hannah and I'm married to Sam. We have three kids, Elijah, Tyler, and Zaki. And uh, in short, um, I had been going through a really low season in my life for two years, uh, feeling very depressed, having a difficult time functioning, and just had to quit work because I really couldn't do anything. I basically hit my rock bottom, but I really believe that God allowed me to experience that season in order to prepare me for the season that I currently find myself in. 
So I recently went back to work. I work on uh, in the ICU downtown in a COVID positive unit. Um, and you wouldn't believe the things that we're seeing in the ICU in terms of how sick people actually really are. It's really devastating. And in a place of hopelessness, um, it can be just very depressing to be there. However, God has given me um, a very different perspective in terms of how to see things um, with his eyes. Uh, I just see it as an opportunity now to provide compassionate and competent care to people who are not able to have their families there with them. And um, in doing so, I believe that, you know, God has allowed me to give unconditional love um, and just share the gospel as I am nursing my patients. So rather than getting up in the morning, every morning thinking, oh my gosh, I got to go to work, um, just a very different perspective to see that I'm excited to go to work and asking God to use me where I'm at. Truly, the joy of the Lord is my strength and just experiencing God um, in that grace and witnessing it in my own life has really changed my life as well as my family's life. So um, my boys are currently in uh, emergency daycare and my husband is currently working still uh, as a transit operator driving the bus for TTC. And with us both working and our kids in daycare, um, it's become very difficult. But um, in, in ways that we just never expected, people from our New Hope have really reached out to us and providing food for us, providing gift cards for us, um, and especially with your prayers of intercession, um, we are just so touched um, in the ways that you have encouraged us uh, through this season of our life where we can serve God to further his kingdom. And um, we really want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for doing that. Um, and I also wanted to encourage you in your hope that whatever season that you may be going through, whether you're thriving in the Lord, uh, looking for the next steps in your life, or just going through a really low season, that God truly has a wonderful plan for your life. And um, just praying that you would find joy in the Lord this week. Okay, can't wait to worship with you guys uh, together one day and looking forward to that. Thank you. Bye. Hi, New Hope. My name is Jenny. And I'm Sin, and we'd like to share with you what God has been showing us over the last uh, few weeks during this pandemic. Uh, for the most part, for me, working from home has been a challenge. Um, but last week, Jenny and I have been able to go out and drop off some groceries to an elderly lady uh, in need. And that really was a blessing for me. Um, and it really made me realize how much I miss serving the community. I'll let Jenny explain more about that. So when the pandemic hit, God really placed a burden in my heart, particularly for the elderly. So I searched and found a group that I could help um, providing grocery boxes to those who couldn't uh, afford to do so. It started off great, and I felt like I was where I was supposed to be helping exactly those I should be helping. But it took uh, a huge dive south after a few weeks when the leader of the group was being toxic and negative and frankly abusive. This led to many of the volunteers, including myself, feeling like we had no choice but to leave. And during one of the uh, group uh, conference calls, one volunteer had expressed how just the level of abuse was triggering suicidal thoughts. I reached out to him and privately and offered to pray for him, which he politely declined. But um, I just felt like there was more that I could do. 
when Pastor Jason last Sunday mentioned uh, the group in China handing out masks and saying Jesus loves you, it um, just showed me how a few simple words can really say a lot. The elderly woman that Sim um, had previously mentioned, she uh, was a big chatter. She really loved to talk to me and just tell me uh, her life story. And the grocery box that was being supplied to her didn't meet all her needs and wants. So she gave me a list of um, very personal and detailed list of what she would like. So Sim and I went out and purchased that on our own and delivered it to her. She was so, so thankful and grateful and calling us angels and that we restored her faith in humanity. And it was at that point that we were able to really say, um, you know, Jesus is uh, the ultimate provider and the source of all this goodness, which she did acknowledge. So praise God. As a stay-at-home mom for almost 20 years, I've had limited exposure to non-believing, the non-believing community. And this was a wake-up call that I needed to have my Savior's name on the tip of my tongue. So still learning and growing amid uh, the lockdown. And have a great week. New hope and hope to see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Hannah and the Hong family for sharing how you're doing and how you are really shining uh, the gospel in this pandemic season. And I hope and pray that all of us, as we go through a challenging season uh, with uh, who Christ is and the way that Christ is using us, we'll be able to live out uh, the message of the gospel in our everyday. Let's close our worship service with benediction. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, unconditional love of our God the Father, and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon the children of God as we are being reminded once again and what defines us and how we live out the freedom in our everyday life as we take up the cross each day, now and forevermore. Amen.